Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today I have a chat with business coach and all-round amazing lady, Emma McQueen. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. My name is Karina O'Brien, a fellow working parent trying to manage the juggle. Each week, we'll be looking at all things related to working parents with special guests and solo episodes to help you navigate the world of having children and a career. Welcome, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today, I have with me the delightful Emma McQueen. Welcome, Emma. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. How's your morning been so far? Yeah, pretty good. Last day of school drop-off for the term. We don't know how long that might last for, but uh, it was fun. Enjoyed the drop-off a little bit more than usual because it's going to be the last for a little while. Uh, I think my daughter did, yes. (laughs) She did. She did. Uh, You know, talking to a six-year-old about germs and bugs and what's going on in our world at the moment is um, a slightly interesting uh, space to navigate. So, yeah, without scaring them. But uh, all she knows for right now is that we're on holiday sooner. So let's stick with that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good one for the kids. So, Emma, I've worked with you in the past for a workshop that you ran with us. But how would you best describe yourself um, to everyone out there? Because I know your amazing talents. Oh, thank you. I, uh, well, what I do for my day job is I am a business coach. Um, but how I would describe myself is probably uh, optimistic, hopeful. I'm a, I can be a bit Pollyanna because I like to see the good in every situation and I think there's opportunity in every situation. Um, and I try all the time to lead with kindness and generosity. They're the two things that are really important to me uh, because I don't think it costs anything to be those things, right, kind and generous. Definitely um, so, not. Yeah, so that's probably how I would describe myself. Um, my children think I'm like the happiest person on earth, which is very nice. That's a good way to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and even though obviously at home you're different to how you are because, you know, kids and stuff. But, yeah, it's nice to know that I'm role modelling what I want. You know, I'm in alignment. And that's a positive way to be, particularly in the world that we live in at the moment. Indeed, indeed. And so how did you become a business coach? What's been your career pathway so far? Yeah, well, without boring all your listeners, I, um, when I was 18, which is quite some years ago, I wrote down a list of organisations that I wanted to work for and then I put it aside. Uh, I've always been in helping, so I've worked in recruitment and I've worked in hospitality and all different kind of places. And then I... Um, joined World Vision to work as their recruitment manager, World Vision Australia, where I spent 12 glorious years. And um, that was the top of my list when I was 18, you know, as I wrote out the list of organisations I wanted to work for, World Vision was there. And so I've been in HR for quite some time, almost 20 years. And um, throughout that time, I've done lots of different HR type roles. Uh, And when you work in HR, you know, you're not that well liked necessarily because you need to do some of the more difficult conversations that managers are either ill-equipped to do or don't want to do. And um, I also uh, did my coaching training through the Institute of Executive Coaching and Leadership. So towards the end of uh, World Vision, I um, coached the executives there 
and I'm also on the faculty of women in leadership Australia. So I do coaching there as well. And I just love watching people's potential pop out when they're given the opportunity. And so um, for the last three years, I've been working on my own. Uh, and so I get to work with people that I want to work with. I get to work with those people that want results uh, and I get to, um, and I love the work that I do. So I feel very thankful that I've not fallen into this. I don't think I've fallen into this. I've just really chosen it and run with it. And you're doing very successfully at it as well. Oh, thank you, my friend. It's uh, it can be a hard slog and you have, uh, we talk about having lots of tabs open and when you're a business owner, oh boy, you have lots of tabs open. So you need to work out how you close some of those tabs down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you said that you've, you're a, a mother. So you've got how many children? I have three children. I have two um, stepchildren who are my bonus kids and they are 20 and 18 and I've had them for since they were little uh, and I have a six-year-old as well. So we've just finished two, two year 12 years and we've just started year one. Wow, going through both cycles. <laughs> yeah, all girls too, so you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My poor husband. <laughs> At least the dogs are boys. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good thing to have. <laughs> yeah, lots of hormones in our house, I can tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, my dad used to joke, I've got all girls and even the even the cat was a girl. <laughs> Your poor dad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so Emma, you've done a lot of work with people and, and coaching and uh, I know you've also got a book out, so we can talk about that shortly. But as mothers, particularly after we've returned to work, after parental leave, we seem to doubt ourselves so much more than before. And also at the moment with a lot going on in the world, some of that anxiety and confidence may also be lacking a little bit. What are some of those myths that you think that hold women back? Yeah, it's a tricky one because um, they don't probably feel like myths. They probably feel more like truths. And I think um, before you go on maternity leave, I don't know about you, but everyone's like, I, we, you don't really know what to expect. It's something you can't control going on maternity leave. And when I went on maternity leave, I had to pack my desk up and that included 20 boxes that my husband had to come and get. So my maternity leaving experience was not sensational. Um and I think, though, if you can start thinking then about how to keep playing into your strengths and while you're on maternity leave, just keeping, keep doing things that help with confidence, then the road back after parental leave is a little bit easier, a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, I think some of the myths uh, that we tell ourselves, there's two schools of thought. I think a myth that we tell ourselves is nothing's got, nothing's changed. And that actually might be true from a work perspective. You, you've changed, but they haven't. Um, 100%. But yeah, right. Um, and so what does that actually look like? What does that mean? And is that helpful? I'm not sure that's a totally useful belief. I think it's better to go, I've changed and they've changed and how are we going to work together to make this work? So because I think that's, that change. Yeah, I think that's a better truth to or a better belief to have rather than thinking 
they've changed, they've changed, but I've not, or I've changed, but they have not, et cetera, et cetera. Because you know what? Motherhood does change you for the worse or the better. I've never been a mum who was going to stay at home. I'm very career driven. I like, I'm a better mum because I'm career driven. Um, but that's the choice that I made. Uh, and so I knew that going back to work was the very best thing for my family. But I then had to get up to speed with what had been going on, use my keeping in touch days, all of that kind of stuff. And like you say, self-doubt and confidence does creep in because when you're a brand new mum, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Let's be honest. Yeah, definitely not. You're right. So it starts from the moment you go into hospital. You don't know how this baby's going to come out. It might come out naturally. It might not. You might have a Caesar. What does that actually mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Is your milk going to come out? Who not? You know, like it's ongoing learning for poor mums. And no wonder our self-confidence takes a bit of a beating. We yeah. don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and everyone looks to because... us as though we're supposed to know. <laughs> I know, right? But it's only because we haven't done it before that we don't know what we're doing. Second child and third child, it might maybe very different, but it also, you will know some more basics, yeah, because you're learning as you go. And part of a fixed a growth mindset is around, I don't know this yet, but I'm learning versus I'm never going to get this. And so how do you... And it's that acceptance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of out of our control a bit, right? Yeah, I always say throw the balls up every day and see what <laughs> lands because no day's ever the same. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I think that, you know, I, I get that we doubt ourselves a lot, but I think there's things that we can do while we're on mat leave to keep in touch and to make sure that we keep the confidence high and that if we are having those days where it just sucks, you know, that's fine. Just have those days, but just don't sit in that for too long. And you talk about working on on your strengths and and helping with your confidence while you're away. Yeah. I remember last year you said confidence is like lipstick, that you need to keep reapplying it. You were able to expand a little bit on that because I love that analogy. I've used it so much since, our, since that workshop. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I think um, if you go back a step, a step, what is confidence? Confidence is about um, knowing that you've got the skill or the competence to do what it is that you need to do. But if you go back a step, it's about what are my natural strengths? What am I naturally good at? And it's then about going, okay, so I'm naturally good at, I'll pick something that I'm not, but for this example, I'm really good at writing. And so, um, but if you go, I'm really good at writing and then you never write anything, you'll never, that will, ne- that muscle will never improve. Yeah. If you say I'm really good at public speaking, but then you never actually do any public speaking, then that muscle's never going to improve. And so I see confidence, um, you know, uh, using the lipstick thing uh, analogy around confidence as lipstick wears off. So you can put lipstick off on at the start of the day. You have a couple of cups of tea, you have a coffee, chatting, yada, yada, yada. Lipstick wears off. So does confidence if you don't keep playing into it. So it's kind of like a muscle that you never grow because you haven't been trying to grow it. I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying that their kid was super smart, like genius smart, but he always left everything to the last minute because he thought his smarts would get him through until the day that he failed an assignment. Yeah. And he was like worried about this and she's like, yeah, but you haven't tried. So you deserve to fail that assignment. And he's like, yeah, but I'm smart. I'm like, well, you can be smart, but if you don't do anything with those smarts, then it doesn't mean anything. So I think it's how you use your talents and how you use your strength. Uh, 
And so the confidence and lipstick thing is really about just remember, you've got to keep applying. You've got to keep working on it. You can't just have a strength or a natural talent and expect that the world knows about it. You've got to work on it. It's when I was, um, I, I'm not a great writer. Uh, well, uh, that is actually not true. So I am a pretty good writer, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it. So I had to really work hard on writing out 500 words for a blog. Uh, and the more I practiced it, the better I got at it until I was able to write 25,000 words for a book. Yeah. yeah. But originally I wasn't, I didn't love that. Whereas now I really quite like the writing process, but if I had not have done that, I would certainly would not have been able to glue my butt to a seat and write that many words. So I think it's about continuing to use what you have, your strengths and making sure that you keep applying the lipstick and using what you've got. And so as mums, sometimes we go, I don't know what my strengths are. I might be a bit down and defeated what are mm-hmm. some ways that women and particularly mothers could look at identifying what their strengths are so then they can work on exercising those confidence muscles around it yeah good question well you could ask people around you so you get feedback most people it's hard for us to look in inwardly and go what are my strengths so sometimes the people closest to us will know sometimes our colleagues will know um, it's also likely to be something that you enjoy because we uh, do things and we enjoy doing things uh, and we don't realize necessarily that they're a strength we just think we enjoy them so it's kind of like some people sit down with an excel spreadsheet and get lost in that for two hours certainly not me but you know Uh, and so they may be a bit more numerically minded and they lose hours in that so that that may be the numerical understanding might be a strength of theirs some people really love reading books and like the um written written communication and then they like writing so i think you've got to look for what happens what do i what am i leaning to naturally as a strength um, or what are people telling me is my strength? And I think the other thing about asking for feedback on your strengths is it's kind of like a bit of a hug in a mug, right? Especially when you're a new mum and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, to be able to say to someone, just remind me, what do you think my strengths are? And um, you get some amazing answers, I reckon, if you did that survey a few times over. Uh, and I think stuff will start to come out. The other thing that I think happens when you become a mum is somehow you keep a human alive and you keep super organized. So when people say to me, da 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 da, oh, they're a mum, automatically I think, great, they're going to know how to work quickly because that's what you need to do in between feeding and they're going to be super organized. So automatically my brain goes to, yes, they're the strengths of a mum. They're going to be organized because you have to be organized and they're going to be able to work pretty quickly. So I think you just need to um, kind of discover for yourself. There's a few online things that you can do. There's a something called a VIA, which is a values inventory. Can't quite remember the last bit of it, uh, which is free. And there's a strengths um, tool uh, that Gallup have, uh, which is uh, costs a little bit. I don't think it's very much money. Uh, so there are tests you can get and there's a load of free resources online as well as to how you play to your strengths. So um, if they're really struggling, they could just go online and do a quick Google and be able to find something that helped them identify their strengths. And it's what you say as well. Um, when you're talking with people, you actually may be getting feedback that you don't even know what yes. you're even aware of. And it's probably as well 
a confidence boost of you're really good at this and may help people go, oh, yeah, I actually am in that validation of the contribution that they're making. Yeah, absolutely. And the flip side is also true. If you're seeing someone use their strengths, tell them. You know, we all want feedback. We all want to know that we're doing a good job. If you're seeing someone and you're thinking, wow, they're really good at X, well, tell them that so that they know. Un, un, um, if you not asking for the feedback and someone just gives it to you, man, it's such a gift. Yeah. And also what you said around working mothers, I think that's so true. If you hear a, a uh, you know, as they say, you should hire working mums because they're way more productive and have higher output mm-hmm. uh, than what other people are. So it's one of those, uh, I think, those myths that need to be demystified because it's around, no, working mums are productive. They should be more oh, in the yeah. workforce. Yeah. It's like um, if you want something, what's this, the phrase goes something like, if you want something, if you want something done give it to the busy person. quickly, give it to a busy person. Yep. Yep. Same with a working mum. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think anyway. I might be a bit biased, but, you know, I try and cram as much stuff into my day as I possibly can. <laughs> exactly. Why not? <laughs> and what's your view on um, weaknesses? Because a few people say, well, work on your weaknesses and that'll help you. What do you reckon yeah. about that? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't, well... My view is that you can work on your weaknesses. The the research says you can work on your weaknesses and that might give you a 1% uplift or you can work on your strengths and that might give you a 10% uplift. Now, even if you're not very good at maths, you would think that working on your strengths would probably be a wiser choice. I think then you need to manage your weaknesses and don't get me wrong, there are some strengths that uh, flip over and become, um, they get in our way because they're overused yeah so we might have a strength of i don't know uh listening to people empathetically when that becomes an overused strength is when time and pressure is on and potentially we take a bit too much on of that other person so that's when a strength overplays on itself so we have to be careful that we're not overplaying our strengths but i think there's people will tell you what your weaknesses are without you having to search very far can tell you right now but if we all change the conversation to what are your strengths and how do you play into those strengths and how do they accelerate you in work and life it's a so much better conversation than what are your weaknesses and how do we deal with those unless it's career derailing you know there are some people who have really interesting personalities or really interesting traits which they need to work on Uh, but most of us for the most part if we're spending 70 percent of our day leaning into our strengths then we've got a better chance of feeling fulfilled and successful. It's probably also a more positive uh, conversation as well, rather than looking at the weaknesses as probably deemed a little bit negative of, oh, these are where you're not doing so well. But then the strengths yeah. are more positive of saying, right, and that positive mindset is what you're saying as well earlier around the growth mindset. Yes, I can do this and I'm going to improve in this way. Um, it's going to be a lot more of a, a positive conversation. And one thing as well, I remember you saying last year is as mums, we're generally not overusing some of those strengths. So we don't need to worry about focusing as much on the weaknesses because we're probably not <laughs> optimizing our strengths in the first place. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think we get, I think we get caught up in, um, you know, don't want to have an ego. Don't want to look like I'm bragging. Don't want to look like I'm achieving. But the reality is you have to talk pretty loudly for those things to even, you know, get on the Richter scale. <laughs> And I think if it's a working mum in an organisation, you're almost 
got to work twice as hard because it's look I'm a working mom and I can do this because so many people have mental models around you anyway and you're like no I'm fine and I'm doing a really good job but you've really got to try and shout to say look this is the job that I'm doing and acknowledge it yeah and I think it really drives me insane how people um you know the myth is uh as a mum I need to get a flexible job the truth is you need to get a job You shouldn't have to ask for flexibility. I feel like we're so far gone in this. And I think there's so many traditional views still on working from home or working away from the office or working part-time hours. You know, people are so focused on hours. Let's focus on outcome. Let's not focus on hours. Let's focus on actually what are your deliverables? Yes. And if you can get those deliverables done in an hour as opposed to five hours, isn't that better for the organisation? 100%. So I'd love to change the conversation. I agree that it shouldn't, just because you're physically in the office five days a week, what's your output? I think. Exactly. That, yeah. I Last year I worked a couple of four days a week and I reckon I was way more productive in three than what I was with four because mentally I knew I had that extra day where I was like, no, otherwise I've got to cram everything into three and my outputs were a lot better. So yeah, yeah I 100% agree. It should be based on your outputs because I think we actually get, you don't realise until you've come back as a working mum, how much waste time there is <laughs> yes. in the office. Yes. Well, everyone's going to feel that now, aren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is no office to go to, so we're all working at home. I wonder, I wonder how productive we will be. <laughs> I know, I know. And also, how many meetings could have actually been just an email? Totally, totally. Get rid of the meetings, I say. I think this is a whole new world. I think we're, we're, we're going into a new frontier. We're in uncharted waters and I think this will be the new normal. I agree. We'll just realise how much fat is in the system and how much more we can get done yeah. if, we, if we set ourselves upright. I think there are, I think some, some people will use it as an excuse to not get much done and other people will use it as a reason to get a whole stack more done. I know that I'm way more productive when I'm working at home because I don't have some of those distractions. But on that, yeah, yeah, but if your hubby's, (laughs) you know, yeah, (laughs) hubby's kids, you know, we're all working at home. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting when, yeah, we've got the circus in town and I'm trying to get some job or some work done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So just on that working from home, Mm because it's all very unprecedented. Usually you may work from home. The kids are at um, childcare at school, husband's at uh, at work as well in his office. And you've got this quiet house where now it's going to be a little bit more, as I said, the circus is coming to town Um, and parents are going to need to still give time to their children and and even to each other. What tools or strategies um, and advice do you have for people um, in this new normal, I put in inverted commas? Yeah, yeah, new normal. Uh, It's a good question. I think... So I've been working from home for the last three years and um, even when you work at home on your own, you still need to put some strategies in place. I think working from home and and I think, just to take it back a second, if you work from home once a week or once a fortnight or once a month to get stuff done, you're pretty productive. I think the difference now is that when you're forced to work at home and you don't have a choice, there's no choice and so that makes you feel like you're actually not in control of whether or not you work from home. So that's the first thing. Mm. The second thing is you do have your family there, partners, kids, you name it, they're all going to be there. 
and so I think it's really important to have a routine. I think you need to sit down as a family and work out actually how are we going to do this? What do we actually need to do to achieve um, being present with each other, being present with mum and dad or partners and being present with kids and actually being productive and getting work done? Uh, and so I did a little um, morning, afternoon and evening kind of routine and shoved it up on LinkedIn, which I can um, hand to you for some of the, your audience. Uh, and it's basically dividing it into chunks of the day just to make sure that everyone's getting what they need. But I think as we go into this weird and wonderful space, leaning on what other people's strategies are, what they actually do. For me, I um, I have an office and I have an office door. So I know, realize lots of people will be working from kitchen tables and different bits and pieces. But I um, have a couple of days, long days that I do every week. So I work till six on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Uh, and I don't come out of my office until then. And when I come out of my office, I close my door and I announce to my family, hey guys, I'm home. So that it signals to them I'm actually out of work mode and into mum mode. Uh, and while that might not happen, work with everyone in the house, at least they're already in some kind of semblance of a routine. I think routine is going to be so important with kids finishing up school today and um, keeping them occupied so that they don't go nutso. Uh, and so helping them to have their own little routine uh, and making sure that uh, your partner or the other people in your house also have some kind of routine and that you all know what the routine is. I also think there's going to be this thing where everyone will be trying to access the internet and the internet might be going a bit slower because we haven't really been set up for this. And so what does that actually mean for everyone in the house? So we've got two uni students, a teacher and a six-year-old in our house and me. And that's a lot of people to kind of manage, but I think keeping communication open and understanding what everyone can do on a daily basis is really helpful, but also being flexible with that. You can have all the routines in the world, but if something turns to crap, you've got to be able to move pretty quickly. Yeah. And pivot when need be. Yeah. Pivot. It's my favorite. It's my favorite non, uh, my favorite word of the of the moment where everyone's pivoting, pivot, everyone's pivot, pivoting, pivot, pivot. everyone's pivoting. And I think uh, I just, I worry that everyone's pivoting and going anxious. I'd rather, yes, we need to pivot, but let's just try and keep calm and carry on. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just about to, to ask you around the mindset change, because I know being in the office, you're going to have one type of mindset and being at home, you are actually going to need to be a bit more regimented in your own thinking because you're not going to have colleagues around you it's mm. all going to be virtual and it's going to require yeah some some different ways of thinking particularly if you're not used to working from home um, yes. I know for me if I'm working from home I still I don't wear tracksuit pants I like to wear maybe smart casual mm -hmm. um, I may even put a little bit of makeup on just so I'm I feel that I'm more present doing my work just to get into work mentality yeah. a little bit yeah uh, just to help set me up, what are um, some ways that from a mindset that you can give advice to people about helping them set up for working from home? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I'm like you. I, you know, have worked from home for the last three years and I've never worked from home in my pyjamas. I just think that it 
doesn't set my brain up for a great day. So I always get dressed. I mean, I don't <laughs> sit, you know, that sounds random. I don't sit here nude, but you know, like I always get dressed and I make sure that I am presentable. And I suppose the question that we need to ask ourselves is if we would not do it in the off in the office, would we do it when we're doing this working from home thing? That's probably a good yardstick. I, I saw that the other day and I thought, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And so what I mean by that, and people don't really care, but what I mean by that is if you're working and you're not going to be able to be focused for eight hours in the day, but just chunk it down so you've got some really focused time so that everyone in the house knows But between 11 and 12.30 in the morning, that's time for you to do focused work. And then there may be other times in the day where you can do less focused work or you use the Pomodoro technique, which is a 25-minute spurt to get something done. Uh, and managing your mindset is really important. I think for me, uh, I've stopped listening to the news and watching the news. I think it's all doom and gloom and I think our media are doing a sensational job of um, sensationalizing everything. And so if I need to hear it, I will hear it. There is no doubt because you cannot escape what's going on in our world at the moment. But it's about how do you keep your brain free from all the crud that's happening because there's a lot going on. So for me, I limit the news. I limit um, social media channels. Uh, I keep my brain in the game and I use timers and I use um, hacks to help me with my time. I've got a timer. So I will, if I've got a, a focused task to do, I set the timer for 25 minutes and I just get that task done. I also think it's about managing your own self-care, right? So stopping and having breaks. And I think what might happen is that people who haven't worked from home will come in, work from home, do a 10 hour day, not shift off their seat and think that was awesome. But that's actually not awesome. That's not where well, there's no stretching, there's no eating, there's no nothing. But I think people won't quite get that balance until we settle into this thing. And so having a bit more of a routine and understanding what motivates you, what do you need to have a break from, what meditation might you need to do, what exercise might you need to do, um, you know, what books do you need to read to keep the positive vibes kind of going? Because I think I said to someone the other day, strap in because we're in for a really interesting ride yeah, okay. over the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one, but, and it's, it's, I think it's also something as what you were saying, it's going to be different for everyone, but it's also about finding yeah. what works for you. Yeah. And the family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and when it comes down to that routine and mindset, is it something that you could even get visual of like putting it up on, say, the fridge, just saying this is what we're doing to help people and the family be aware of what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got, um, I saw on Facebook today that there was someone who had written a whole um, schooling program out, you know, from 9 to 10 we'll do this, from 10 to 11 we'll do this. And, you know, so the kids are really clear on what they actually need to do. And you can set up activities depending on the age of kids, but you can set up most activities. So you have like an hour of colouring in or an hour of math or, you know, you can set some of that stuff up because they they will work kind of on their own. This is bigger kids probably. Littler kids it's a bit more tricky. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, having somewhere or it within viewing distance for everyone so everyone knows where they're meant what they're meant to be focused on 
will be really helpful. I think the tricky thing for right now is that everyone after today will be on holidays, I say in inverted commas. Yep. And so um, it will be hard to not, if you're still working, it'll be hard to not flip into holiday mode. Yeah. <laughs> and so actually the issue is how do you keep focused while other people are essentially allowed to have a break and are on holidays, but you're still working in the house because I know when my husband's home, who's a school teacher, and when my kids are home and they're on holidays and I'm still working, man, I get a bit mad because I'm like, I want to be on holidays too. I want to be hanging out with you guys too, but no, I'm working. So I think it's also about being a bit kind to yourself. And I learned the hard way to, um, to actually take some time off in school holidays to spend with them so I don't feel ripped off. So all of last year I was like, just feeling a bit ripped off that they were on school holidays and having fun and I wasn't with them. And so this year we've built into my schedule that I can have a few days off with them. And so I've got that to look forward to as well. And I think that's the other thing. You've got to have something to look forward to. There's so much doom and gloom out there at the moment. What's the thing that you've got to look forward to? And it might not be until September or December, but what's the thing that's going to get you through? Yeah, I think you need something to to have that goal have that shining light because yeah you're not going to otherwise get you need something to look forward to have a goal and I think that's even life everyone knows what they're striving for and if it's career if it's parenthood with their kids yeah. uh, I think it's just human nature we want to keep growing in ourselves and keep improving um, and yeah. have that holiday eventually um, that may have been cancelled but we've mm-hmm. got that uh, shining light that we can work towards yeah and absolutely and so you said that you've been working from home for quite a while. How you mm-hmm. ma- how have you managed the juggle in that time with uh, when there was childcare? Uh, sorry, school um, drop offs and and managing that juggle. Um, how have you already done that from working from home for the last three years? And what tips could you give to everyone? Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, I mean, now that not not in school may not be relevant, but. Um, when Evie was in daycare, it was a bit easier because they were full-time days. So my life didn't change that much except that I would come home and there's a whole stigma attached to working at home. But when we started school, I kind of went, all right, how am I going to actually be present as a mum and be present as a business owner and get everything I need to get done? And so we came up with a bit of a uh, routine. So Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I do drop off and pick up. So I've got a short day. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, my hubby does uh, drop off and pick up uh, and we use um, before and after school care. So they're the longer days. That's kind of how we organised ourselves to get into a routine on how to manage that. I realise some people uh, don't have a before or after school care close, um, daycare close to them. Uh, and But we kind of tried to lean into other parents who were working uh, at my school, at our school, we've got a lot of mums who don't work. Uh, and I'm, so there's two camps, which Karina, you'll start to find out soon. It's crazy. So this whole school life is you're either, you either don't work, you're a mum who doesn't work or you're a mum who does work. They're the two camps. And if you're a mum who works from home, you kind of straddle both. And you're kind of in no man's land. So you have to be really kind of strong within yourself um, to put up with the judgment of that because there are some stay-at-home mums who judge those that work and vice versa, right? Yeah. And I remember on the first 
first couple of weeks of Evie going to school and I was just waiting outside for her and I heard a group of mums chatting and they were talking about um, how all these other mums were all dressed up for pickup and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. All those other mums are working and how sucky is it that as women, we can't just support each other no. and go, you do you and I'll do me and it'll be fine. And we'll help lift each other up rather than trying to bring each yeah. other down. Yeah. And I, I, I literally had to bite my tongue. I didn't know them, uh, but I had to bite my tongue because I'm just like, that's actually not right. People are just doing the best that they can with what they've got. Some parents have to work. Some don't. Some choose to work. Some don't. You know, each to their own. But I think getting into a routine has been really helpful for us. And so... Uh, Evie's been in full-time school for the last two years uh, and having those shorter days and managing my work around that has been really good. I mean, you know, I'm the type of chick who on her honeymoon made her husband do a five-year plan. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I quite like plans and routine and discipline. (laughs) Uh, And he was like, when I said to him, oh, maybe we should just talk about the next five years. He just looked at me like I had horns. But anyway, he did it and we were very proud to be able to tick off some goals. And you're still married now, so. And still <laughs> married. Yeah. And, and kind of the first or the second of January every year, we kind of, we've worked out that if we don't map holidays out, we won't have holidays. So I get a big planner out and we, for the year, we go, okay, what are we going to do? We put the holidays in, we put our hours in, we do all of that kind of stuff because you know what? Life is by design. And if you don't design it, someone else will design it for you. So exactly. get in and design it. And so um, the, the plan for us is for me to work 25 hours a week. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to work really hard in order to have that time off at school holidays. But I think just getting into some kind of routine and uh, rhythm is helpful for everyone in the household. Oh, does that answer your question? It does. It does. So just quickly... How are you going at the moment for someone that does like routine and plan at the moment with so much up in the air? Ah, good question. Uh, So I think having a routine and a plan is awesome, but I also think you need to feel like you can change that at any moment. And so if you've got a plan, I mean, with the current stuff that's going on, I'm feeling particularly calm about it. And some days I think, am I feeling too calm about it? You know, that feeling where you're like, hmm, I should be feeling more anxious. But, you know, I'm, I'm not. I think uh, I'm, I'm really good in my head. I do a lot of self-care. So I think that really helps. Uh, and in times like these, you can only control the bits that you actually have control over. You can't control anything else. So for me, I'm just like, can I control this? Not. Nah. Therefore, what is the bit that I can control? And that's a really grounding question, right? So if you're sitting there anxious, worried about, I don't know, uh, food on the shelves or uh, what's going to happen in the supermarket or um, lockdown, you know, some of these things we can't control. So what is the smallest common denominator that you can control? It's probably your mindset and helping it into the right space for family and for role modelling calm for the kids. Great answer. And so um, you've also written a book. Just quickly, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? I shall. I shall. My book is called Go-Getter. It's based for, it's basically for female leaders and entrepreneurs. Uh, I, I love working with women because I 
see that they've got so much potential and I see that they don't get paid what they're worth and that pay gap really bothers me. And so I work with lots of different women from lots of different industries in corporate or who have their own business and uh, I want to see them thrive. And so my book is really around how do you raise your mojo or raise your energy levels? How do you shift your mindset from can't to can, uh, from fixed to growth and how do you thrive and so my book takes us through kind of 12 myths that I've discovered over the last little while of coaching and I kind of bust through those myths to help women just be the people that they're born to be and step into their potential it's a really exciting time I agree and even with all this what's going on at the moment that c word uh we (laughs) yes I think it's a great it's a great book to have out in the market to show that you can still can thrive and I think at the my view and I'd, I'd be interested in yours at the moment that even though what we thought was normal three months ago we're going into a new normal but there are also opportunities to be taken uh, and for me totally. one of those biggest things is actually flexible work working from home and even the role of both parents because now it's not just going to be the mum that's going to be looking after the kids traditionally both mm-hmm. parents are going to have this active role. So it may also may change the dialogue between parenting and, and what's going to happen going forward. So um, yeah, I think there's a lot of thriving that can be done in so many different areas um, with the circumstances that we're currently in at the moment. I totally agree. I think, uh, I think that um, uh, my hope is that this changes things so significantly for us that we step into a new normal at the end of this and some of the conversations that we've been having for years and years and years just disappear because uh, people are home and in lockdown the beautiful thing about being in lockdown is of course everyone's going oh we're all in lockdown but actually what an amazing time for families to reconnect with social media and everything else that's going on. People have screens in front of their faces all the time now that still might happen but also you can only look at screens for so long and it's a great time to to connect with the family and I wonder I wonder whether it will take us back to you know 10 or 20 years ago when we didn't have all that screen stuff going on and when we're just connecting as a family and I'm really hopeful that one of the benefits of this is a more connected family I 100% agree and and one thing as well Emma you said earlier around you're big on self-care what do you do for yourself to fill your cup yeah, it's a great question. I am currently training for a half marathon. Wow, so, you go, Mama! I know, right? Well, I was training for Mother's Day Classic, so um, ten, that was ten. That's ten k's, and um, and that's due in May, so that's been moved to virtual. And then one of my thriving women is an ultra marathon runner, and she said, "I think you can do half." I said, "You know what? You're right." So I run four times a week. So I do about 20 Ks a week uh, and I find that very helpful. The clarity that I have after a run is just blooming brilliant. I also um, have a mindful cup of tea in the evening. So at nine o'clock, I take myself off to uh, have a herbal cup of tea before I head to bed. And I just I have a very pretty tea cup and uh, I just stare at the tea cup <laughs> and just have 20 minutes to myself just to let my brain process whatever's been going on. And we also use oils in our house. We use doTERRA oils and they're really good for just keeping things calm and uh, if the benefits of diffusing oil, uh, you know, well-researched. So I use those a lot. Um, so they're kind of my three go-to things that I do. 
religiously. But I oh. think it's really important. You can't fit someone else's oxygen mask until you've got your own on, right? So the question is, what are you, Mama, doing for yourself to make sure that you're in the best possible state to take care of your family? Because this thing is not a one-day or a two-day thing. This is a month. This is going to go on for months. Yeah, and and definitely as well as the as what you're doing, that the mental and the physical health, and that's just so important, I think, as well, that we put so much of our physical and mental health on the back burner with prioritising our family. And as mm. they say, you can't feel, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's tricky times. It really is. But if we need to look after ourselves and, and we, we need to look after ourselves physically and we need to look after ourselves mentally because I think from you know, everyone's calling social distancing. And I hate that because it's just physical distancing. doesn't mean it has to be social distancing, you know, so some of the terminology doesn't actually help. And how are people's mental health, how's it going to play out in the mental health sphere Mm. uh, once this is over with people feeling isolated and lonely? And does it have to be that way? What are the things that you can do to have your Zoom cup of tea or your Zoom lunch with other people? Or, you know, how do you keep connected throughout this time? Agreed. Agreed. And so you talk about connection. How can people connect with you, Emma, uh, to discover more about yourself, your book, and also the community that you run? Yeah, cool. Well, um, they can connect with me on my, my, my socials. So I'm on both LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Facebook and LinkedIn, you just have to look up Emma McQueen and Instagram, it's Emma R. McQueen. And uh, I've got, obviously got the website, which is emmamcqueen.com.au. I've got the new book out, so you can get a chapter of the book um, on the website. And um, I've got a, my own podcast coming out soon. Um, so, well, it's probably already out by the time we release this episode, but um, that is me just interviewing women who are go-getters and doing amazing things in in life and in the world and uh so and there's so there's a lot of ways to connect in with me and i'd love to hear everyone's stories i want to see how people are going definitely what a what a great opportunity that you're you're giving people to share their stories and and your work that you're doing of helping other women reach their potential so emma thank you so much for your time today as always it is a pleasure and you've had so many gems of gold during our discussion thank you so much Oh, thank you so much for having me and uh, try not to go insane over the coming months, okay? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) deal, done. (laughs) Call me if you need me. (laughs) I will. (laughs) We'll go for a run. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm pretty slow, but yeah, okay. (laughs) Someone said he wins the race. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A. Via Instagram at workingmama underscore AU or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.